Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast. I'm Eliana Palomino, a proud Greek American, former Miss Teen America, corporate sales leader turned entrepreneur, mother, and wife. And I believe that we are made for more. But without the right tools, mindset, or support system to help us grow, that potential never gets unleashed. And that, my friends, is a life unlived. This show is all about expanding your mindset, unlocking your potential, and learning from the best on how to elevate your life, business, and relationships. Set your intentions, and like we say in Greek, Bame, let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is a solo episode with yours truly, and I am super excited to share with you my first year of motherhood. Essentially, what are the 10 lessons that my first year of motherhood taught me? So if you're a new mom, a mom-to-be, someone that wants to be a mom one day, um, or you've been a mom for quite some time, this will definitely be a nice reflection on your journey and the journey to come. So this episode, I've actually been curating for a couple of months now. Um, right before my son turned one, about a month prior, I was starting to come into my reflection period of what my first year of motherhood has meant to me, what it has brought me, what are some of the things that it's taught me, what are some of the areas of growth that it's allowed me to experience, and there's so many things that have come up, and then of course life, you know, goes by, and you have a little one you have to, you know, run after, and so I actually finished wrapping it up um, for this particular episode, and I just want to preface that everyone's motherhood journey is beautiful and perfect. There is no right or wrong motherhood journey. Obviously, you know, for all of us listening, we all have moms and we wish our moms would have done things differently, I'm sure, or been more attentive in some ways or would have learned us and our love languages to show up the way we wanted them to. But in all honesty, when I started putting that weight on myself, it was giving me anxiety. So I had to just recognize I'm doing the best I can, as all of us are in this new journey of our lives and adding this element into our lives and raising little humans and teaching them all the things that we know, being the best that we can be. And it also has allowed me to recognize that my mom, right, and my maternal figures have done the best that they could with what they knew at that time. I had a young mom. She was in her 20s when she had me. I'm in my late 20s when I had my first. And so, you know, it's just given me this more of a well-rounded perspective. And it um, just allowed me to really just recognize everyone's journey is beautiful. It is their own. They're doing the best they can. It is a whirlwind, okay? Some are able to flex better with becoming a mom than others. It's a lot, okay? It, it was a lot for me to you know, overnight, you know, you go from you and your husband or, you know, your boyfriend, or if you're single, it's just you. And all of a sudden now it's you and your little always full time for the rest of your life. And so that, that realization was actually hard to come to when I was pregnant. I just had this constant fear of like, oh my gosh, my self identity and what will this be like? I, I'm, it, it just, 
caused me so many racing thoughts and um, so much worriedness around that and confusion and just cloudiness. And I had all these moms around me that kept telling me, you know, that's going to go away. That's normal. But once they're here, you're going to be so happy and you're going to flow. It's going to be, you don't, you never truly lose yourself because you're always you. It's you plus them. And that helped me. And what also helped me was when um, I read this somewhere and it said essentially that by, by becoming a mother, you are expanding yourself and your legacy and your energy into the world. So having children is an expansion of you, of course. And that just helped me in a sense because it, it I'm someone who is very free-spirited and doesn't like to feel contracted or constricted. And it can be very easy to put yourself in that box, right? When becoming a, a mom, now your time is limited or you can't go to certain places because you have a little one or so many of the things that you have to adjust. And so reframing it and that mindset of, no, becoming a mom is expanding me. I am carrying out my legacy in the world. It just allowed me to completely let down those fears and reframe my mindset. So motherhood, even before I became a mom, and I talked about this in my birth episode, was all, a lot of mindset work leading up to birth and has continued into motherhood because your conditioning system, the way that you're programmed is going to come up in the way that you're going to parent and the way that you're going to discipline and um, and it's just going to show up. So it's allowed me an invitation to take a hard look at myself and say, okay, how am I continuing to expand and, and not constrict or contract myself? And so with that, motherhood is an invitation for all of us to take a look at our greatest strengths and our deepest flaws. And so I have put together a list of 10 lessons that my motherhood journey in my first year has taught me. And with that, here we go. So number one, everything is temporary. That was something I wish actually I would have known going into motherhood. Um, yes, they say they grow up so fast and it goes by so quickly, but I wish someone would have told me the first six months are going to be the hardest. And don't even think about anything else as far as like, you know, is this going to last forever? How long will this go on for? Because you're exhausted. You're waking up multiple times throughout the night. You're only getting at most like three, four hours of sleep at best. Um, and, but again, every baby's different. So some could give you more sleep than others. God bless you. Mine did not. And so the first six months were the hardest for me. But after that six-month mark, things started to get easier, and I started to see that light at the end of the tunnel. Unfortunately, I didn't really see the light before the six-month mark. It just felt like, oh my God, this is my life now. So everything is temporary. And now as he's um, 13 months old, actually, uh, that at the time I'm, re I'm recording this episode, um, he's changed so much. And my life has continued to evolve with him, right? in my, um, the amount of me time I get back, the sleep I get back. 
he's able to have more independent play, we're able to go and do more things and it be enjoyable. And so just know everything is temporary. And this lesson actually has helped me tremendously with my own mental health and recognizing the temporary nature of things, just like when I was in labor and I questioned having more kids because it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was intense. Okay. But the moment it was over, it was done. And I was like, that's it. Really? I'm, I'm done now. I would do that again in a heartbeat to have this beautiful blessing in my life. So everything is temporary. And, um, you know, the hardest part for me was the lack of sleep, to be honest with you. And I knew that going into motherhood because I'm someone that needs her eight hours of sleep <laughs> to fully function and be a happy camper in my day. And so going into it, I knew that was going to be the hardest part for me. Um, I started to pump milk. Um, so I was breastfeeding this way. My husband could take a turn in the middle of the night and help me. So we try to figure things out, you know, to help me as the mom going into this, but ultimately it was, it was a lot. So, um, coming through that season though, when I went back to work after three months, he was actually 10 weeks old when I went back to work. Um, that was the hardest thing I'd ever had to do is run off of three hours of sleep and go work an entire day. Although I worked from home, okay, incredible blessing, super grateful. It was still very challenging to be mentally turned on when my body is depleted. I am exhausted. I'm drained. I'm pumping throughout the day. Um, it was a lot. So just to know that that phase is temporary meant everything to me looking back on my first year. And so I would encourage a new mom or a mom-to-be to just have that um, filter when, when going through this journey is that everything is temporary. When you feel like it's not and it's not going to end, it will. And then you're going to look back and be like, wow, I got through that. Yes, you did. Um, the second lesson of my motherhood journey in my first year was the power of routine. So I know, look, every mom is different and what they um, choose to do, not to do, how they want to go about things. But at around, I would say the seven week mark, when he was about seven weeks old, I started putting him to bed or going upstairs with him into his nursery and, you know, kind of winding down with him. So he started to feel a sense of routine around this time of day. This is what we do. And a couple of weeks into it, he started getting drowsy um, for bedtime around that same time every evening, which was at seven o'clock. So we had to shift around our dinner time because that's the time I would start to cook dinner and all that. Um, but it, it actually was so beneficial for us because it gave us structure in our evening. So when I put him down and I came downstairs, I knew that I could now cook dinner in peace because I did it multiple times with him there and he was crying and it was just a lot of chaos and very overwhelming and very overstimulating for everybody in the household. And so I started cooking dinner afterwards in peace and quiet tranquility. And it gave my husband and I quality time together back in our evening. It gave me some me time and self-care time back into my evening. So that I will say, looking back, was the biggest lesson is the power of routine. It helped us tremendously, helped me a lot. And now when we go places, he naturally gets tired around 6.30, 6.30, 6.45, 
7 p.m., you know, by 7.30, 7.45, he's out. Um, so that's also helped us and be able to enjoy our outings when we go out places, right? Um, and that was key. Now, I know some moms prefer to just go with the flow and, you know, wherever their baby falls asleep, it's whatever time that is, that, that works for you. More power to you. Um, I definitely believe in the power of routine. It's worked for us like clockwork, literally. Uh, the third lesson is community. So I have always been someone who's been very social, like a social butterfly. I've never stuck to one group of friends. I've had multiple friends. I get along with lots of different people, though I never understood the power of community like when I became a mom and the power of a village, the power in your tribe and truthfully what support actually means when you are at one of your most vulnerable states in, in your journey of life. And that's when you become a mother. Your body just experienced giving birth. It's now recovering and healing and now producing milk. You're trying to nurture your baby. You're trying to support yourself and, and give yourself what you need. I mean, you're, I was so hungry all the time, I remember. I was so tired, all these things. And so the community aspect of my first year was nothing like I've ever experienced. And I, and I emphasize that because I did not have family close by where, you know, we had our, my mother-in-law or even my own mother come and, and stay and help or any aunts or anything like that. So our friends became our family, my neighbors. It was like a village. If I needed something, I could just text, Hey, do you have this? Hey, do you have that? And I didn't feel any shame around it. And that was so freeing to be able to, to say what you need and not feel shame, not feel guilty, you know, put that pride aside and we'll get into more of that later. But the importance of your tribe became the most significant aspect of my first year of motherhood above all else. It helped me stay mentally sane and not feel alone. Um, when I felt ready, I had my girlfriends come over and we would just go for a morning walk or they would come and we would sit as I was pumping, like, that's it, you know, no shame. <laughs> it is what it is, like this, this is life right now. And they get it, they understood. I had girlfriends that just wanted to come by and. Um, if I needed to take a shower, I could shower and they would hold him or whatever the case was. It was just so nice to have that and not feel alone, especially at a time when I wasn't working and I was home on maternity leave, just me and baby. And that was also, um, so, so amazing to have. Um, I even had friends fly down to come see us. They were constantly sending us flowers, just letting us know they're thinking of us. We had friends, um, uh, text us, what would you, what do you need? And be honest. And we said, it would be really great if you could deliver dinner tonight. And they did, they would send us Uber Eats and we would have food delivered to our front door. I mean, just the little things that just make a difference. You know, if you don't have to cook dinner tonight and spend that 30, 45 minutes cooking and then the other 30 cleaning up and you don't, and someone could just order you something and they want to do it out of the goodness of their heart to make your life a little easier that evening. It was the biggest blessings. And so I never understood the power of community until I became a mom. And it honestly allowed me to become a better friend for my community and a better supporter of what my 
uh, close friends are going through and to be there for them and show up for them because I know how much it did in return for me. Number four is letting go of judgment and having radical acceptance of yourself and your journey and what it is and also what it is not. This one I mean, right off the gate, okay, we start judging ourselves, we start to compare ourselves, we start to criticize ourselves, all because you go on social media and you see another mom that looks freaking amazing, okay, after she just had a baby, or she's out and about going everywhere with her baby, or, you know, her baby's sleeping already at four weeks old, or their breastfeeding journey is like knocking it out of the park, whatever the case is, that you're seeing, okay, outside of yourself, we naturally start to compare. And I'll tell you right now, love on them, blessings to them, but do not in return shame yourself or judge yourself or or criticize yourself for not doing those things or your baby not being on at that pace or at that milestone yet. This is your journey. This is you and your baby. This is what you make it. Some babies are easier than others. It is just what it is. But it's also giving you, like I said in the very beginning, the invitation to look at what is your greatest strengths and what is your deepest flaws that you can now recognize and come to that awareness of and say, oh gosh, this is, this is bringing something up for me that I now have the invitation to deal with or I can avoid it and, and resent myself for that. And what happens is you end up taking it out on, on the ones in front of you sometimes. So um, that was big for me because I remember it was so overwhelming, to be honest with you. I didn't want to go anywhere. Um, it was just a lot to get the baby ready, go out to places, you know, deal with him crying and not being in the comfort of my home to just relax on the couch or go up to his room or do whatever we we're going to do in the comfort of our home. So for that first 40 day window, that fourth trimester, so they call it, I just wanted to be home and I was loving on everybody else who I saw that was out and about and could do that with ease, at least as from what it looked like, right? Because social media is all all the highlight reels of our life, but just recognize this is your journey. Make it your own based on what you need in order to feel your best and supported. And that is something that I kept coming back to um, is that you must do what is right for you. And even I was speaking to a girlfriend um, about um, my labor story and you know, yes, it was natural. Yes, it was unmedicated. That was what I wanted. However, I had to be okay with it not unfolding that way based on what it is that would make me feel the most supported. And so for those that do get an epidural, good. I'm, I'm, I hope you do what is right for you and what makes you feel the most supported. It's all about what experience do you want and what's going to be right for you. So for me, it was so important to accept what was right for me and that was staying home and limiting my outings to what was comfortable for me, what I could handle and that wouldn't be overwhelming uh, and stretching me too thin, right? Because again, you only have so much energy per day and especially during that fourth trimester, you only have 
this much energy per day. So you want to make the most out of it and whatever can just refuel you instead of drain you, you want to do more of that. Um, and it allowed me to really embrace my unique motherhood journey and recognize that this is, this is what I want. This is my journey. I get to claim this and have power over this in my life. There is nothing that will prepare you for motherhood more so than letting go of the ideas, the judgments, the criticism, all, all of the pressure that comes along with trying to be this incredible mother and have this exquisite motherhood journey. The biggest thing that will prepare you for motherhood is you honing in on what do you need? What will make you feel supported? What will be the best thing for you and your baby to enjoy this day together, to enjoy this moment together? That is what will prepare you more than anything else, knowing yourself, knowing what you need. It comes down to this, accepting the season that you're in and the priorities of that season. It will help you tremendously, not putting too much on your plate or putting all that pressure on yourself to get everything done simultaneously when right now the most important thing is to nurture yourself and your baby. Everything else will fall into place exactly when it's supposed to. And that is what helped me get through my fourth trimester and recognizing my body is not, I don't recognize it. It's so different than what anything I've ever seen scene, but I love it and I appreciate it. I'm so grateful for it. We, we just had a baby together and the most important thing is taking care of me and, and my baby. Next to that was recognizing when I was ready and now it's just a matter of not giving myself excuses. But again, it, it's all within what you're able to do and recognizing it's not going to be perfect. It will not be the one hour of uninterrupted workout time like it used to be. It will look like 10 minutes of your baby in the rocker. You know, you rocking, tapping your foot, or you playing a YouTube program, or you doing whatever you have to do to entertain your baby while you get your squats in, while you get your push-ups in, while you do a little bit of jump rope, or while you are doing something that is getting your heart rate up, making you feel alive, breaking you a sweat, burning some calories, and making you feel good about yourself that you did something. And that something is better than nothing. You have to recognize when that transition hits for you and okay, I am now ready, but now these are the excuses. So you have to recognize when to quiet down those excuses and show up for yourself. But in the beginning, recognize that you need to show up for you and the baby, meaning eat. Do not be afraid of eating. It goes contrary to, you know, the methodology of you need to be on a calorie deficit in order to lose weight. Well, I'm here to tell you, my friends, if you're going to be breastfeeding and producing milk for your baby, you need all the calories you can intake. Good calories, of course. Get healthy calories, of course. But calories indeed. Don't be afraid of it. Your metabolism is going to skyrocket five times, 10 times. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was so hungry. Like I've never been so hungry in my whole life. And this is something my mom friends would tell me, you're going to get hungry, eat. Don't be afraid to eat. You need those calories in order to produce breast milk. Breastfeeding, you burn, I believe it was 
and you can look this up, okay? Um, from what I recall, it was quite some time ago. I believe like you burn 20 calories per one ounce of milk that you produce. So imagine how many ounces of milk your baby's drinking or you're pumping times that by those 20 calories. You're burning a ton of calories just breastfeeding alone. Your body's producing and expelling that milk. It needs all those calories. And what that's also going to do is, again, kick that metabolism in play. I am a firm believer that our bodies were designed for this. And you don't have to do anything except trust the process. So when I tell you I didn't lift a weight, I didn't lift a finger, I didn't put my workout sneakers on for a couple of months, I didn't because I knew this is what's important to me right now. And that's feeding my baby and everything else will come to follow. These habits are ingrained in me. This is my lifestyle. I live healthy. I like to work out. It makes me feel good. But right now, this is what I need to focus on. And that helped me not feel like I have to whip myself back into shape because that's coming. I have my whole life to do that. And again, it's just prefacing your mindset. What's going to help you get through the marathon? Okay. And I like to frame, you know, labor as, as the framework of this, the, the start of the marathon, because that's one marathon. Then nurturing your baby and your journey of motherhood is the next marathon. Okay. There's many marathons within that entire life cycle of motherhood, but that is one of the biggest ones throughout my first year of motherhood was letting go of that judgment and radically accepting, right? My season that I'm in and recognizing it and appreciating it because we can be so hard on ourselves. And then what happens is we miss out. You miss out on all the goodness and all the blessings within that season because you're constantly looking for the next season or wish that you were, you know, back into your old jeans or wish that, you know, you're back into your date nights or with your girlfriends or whatever it is that your life was before. You want to resume that, but recognize there's a time and a place for that. And right now you'll, you will never get this time back. So radically accept it, embrace it, enjoy it because once it's passed, it's in the past. So accept it. That leads me into my fifth one, which is presence. So by radically accepting, the number five lesson was creating more presence in my life. And that's what my first year motherhood has as well taught me that the moments you prayed for are here. It goes back into acceptance. The moments you pray for are here. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to show up? We have this idea that, you know, once we get married, once we're a wife, a mother, all of a sudden we're going to be this like different person or life is going to magically shift. And yes, life will shift, but you're still the same person. So what mental habits are you working on to ensure that when those things come into play, you're prepared to receive them and embrace them and enjoy them. Because what will happen is your old thought patterns will creep in and rid you of the joy of those moments in front of you that you so longed for. 
And that was actually something during my maternity leave that came up for me when I'm not working and I'm a very ambitious woman. I can't just sit back and do nothing. I have to always be doing something because that's just how I operate. And for the first time, my job was to sit back and embrace the season of me and my, my newborn. And as difficult as it was, I kept reminding myself, I will never get this time back. This is the one time in my life where I get to just quiet down the noise and slow down time. And so when I tell you I embraced every single one of those days, regardless of how tired I was, regardless of, you know, my healing journey and, you know, me not, not working out at that time and all the other things that were happening, I was so happy. Our brains are always thinking of a thousand things per minute. Motherhood accentuates that. But for me, it came down to getting off my phone, being present with my son. It's so easy to get distracted because our phones are designed to keep us entertained. And the second we feel bored, instead of sitting there and thinking or getting creative, we go to reach for the phone. So coming to that realization, how often I was doing that, I literally put the phone away and focused on my son. And then I've seen studies come out that show kids that are a little whinier, a little crankier, um, having a bit more of a tantrum is likely because they want your attention because they see you distracted and they want your attention. So I never wanted my son to feel that way because I remember as a child what craving that attention felt like and not getting it felt like. So just reminding myself that, hey, I was once a child and I remember these feelings and these emotions that they stay in your body and they show up later in life and how you show up in relationships and on all these different aspects. So it helps me be a better parent, to be a more present parent, to be in tune with his needs and to be able to help him communicate those needs. Obviously, a three-month-old is not going to know how to communicate those needs, but now that he's 13 months old, he's starting to learn how to communicate those needs. And it's always going to be a work in progress forever and ever and ever. And so I was very intentional during that time. And that's what I can tell any new mom out there is to be intentional, especially with your first year of motherhood, because I was scrolling through photos of him yesterday as a newborn. And I'm thinking to myself, it is so wild the amount of growth that they have within one year. He's like a big kid now compared to his itty bitty little self when he, when he came out of the womb. Well, this leads into number six, confidence. Confidence really skyrocketed during my first year of motherhood because motherhood forces you to ignite your intuition. It forces you into the driver's seat. Now you're the one making decisions. It enables you to come into yourself more, who you are, what you stand for, how you want to do things in your household. I will never forget this moment for me where it was almost like a disassociation where I realized, oh my gosh, when my baby cries, people are going to give them back to me because I'm the mom. It's not where... I'm visiting someone else and, and I can give them their baby and they have to figure it out. I have to figure it out now. And having that um, authority being given to me as a blessing by God now as a mother gave me so much confidence in recognizing, no, I need to figure this out now. So I need to learn him. I need to learn what to do, how to handle and 
all of that leads into confidence that you can do this. Your child chose you as their mother. Even when you think you don't know what to do, just remain calm and it will come to you. And they too will become calmer by your nervous system regulating with theirs and so on. So that was a big one for me in recognizing, no, it's my job. I need to figure this out because um, I've never been in a position where I had to do that before. I've had tons of friends, you know, with younger children, but, you know, you give them back. This is, this is not the same. This is, no, this is your time to step into that power that you've been given to now know what to do and, and figure that out along the way. The next lesson is time management, number seven. As someone who always thinks she has enough time, okay, hashtag all my people running on island time, I run on Greek time, um, I tend to run late, I tend to run behind. I, I found it very challenging to be on time for a lot of things in my life. I just, I think I always have enough time. And then the time escapes me. It just literally runs away. I don't know where it goes. Um, and so motherhood actually has challenged me. And again, it's motherhood is an invitation. Take it for what it is. You can lean into your flaws. You can, you know, beat yourself up for them. It, it will emphasize everything. Okay. So this was one of my flaws and it, it invited me to work on it. And this allowed me to recognize how much extra time I needed for things and to really begin planning ahead. And so motherhood gave me that invitation to work on that attribute of myself. And it's been great in, in many ways because it's also shown my husband, who's a former military army veteran, tons of respect in the sense of like, knowing this is my flaw, he's always on time to things. And motherhood has given me that invitation to be like, all right, she's working on it now. She's she's finally getting it, understanding it. So for all those of you that are falling the same boat as me, get ready. Motherhood will, will definitely kick you into gear as far as time management goes and recognizing um, how much better of a planner you're going to become. Like coming from someone who used to just leave a bathing suit and a towel in her car so that whenever she had an extra, you know, hour in her day, I would just go to the beach, like just super spontaneous, free spirit to go with the flow. You can't really, I mean, you can do that with the baby, but you need to have, you know, the diaper bag ready to go at all times. So motherhood has made me a better planner. It has taught me better time management skills as well. Um, number eight is patience. So, gosh, <laughs> every baby is different. Some babies are extremely colicky, and that is so frustrating. That is a lot to handle. I pray, and I'm with all you mamas out there, some babies are very calm, and it doesn't bring up a lot of stuff. Well, some fall in the middle, where they cry a lot, whine a lot. Some are not good sleepers and it leaves you with more waking hours than you would like. At any rate, every baby is different. And again, it is all perfect. It is all divine. It is all purposefully created for you in your life. You have both created this soul contract with each other. There is no surprises other than you recognizing the invitation to this awareness of what it brings up 
for you and how you are going to show up to then guide and nurture and support not just yourself okay through this process so it doesn't waver your nervous system but of course your child who doesn't have a container to contain those emotions so patience was a big one for me that my first year of motherhood has definitely um, rattled me okay because gosh there's been so many moments where I've had to restart I've had to put him down I've had to take my deep breaths or walk out of the room for a second or just take a moment, take a breath, pause and restart. And I can't tell you how many times I've also felt um, guilty for not knowing, you know, what to do and how to do it better. But I remind myself, you know what, this is what's coming up for me. It's, it's stirring something in me. And the best thing I can do is to give myself grace recognize that it's a it's a it's normal we're human we have hormones we're going through a lot we're doing the best we can and what can we do right now that can serve me and serve my little one and the best thing for me that I've done is to take a breath reset and I always tell myself that because that helps me again mindset shifts perspectives um in resetting the attempt whether it's attempting to put them to sleep attempting to go eat, attempting to whatever it is that you're doing, just giving yourself patience, slow it down. There's no rush. Give yourself patience, regulate yourself, and it's going to help 100%. Also, this backs into recognizing uh, when you've met yourself at your threshold and when you need to ask for help. So this goes into number nine, and that is Receiving help, actually saying yes, and knowing when to ask for it when needed. So this one is a big one because it also ties into my last one, which is becoming a team with your spouse. So um, receiving help, gosh, is, <laughs> girl, how many of us say no? When someone asks to help and you say no, when you really wanted to say yes, this is not the time to say no. This is the time in your life when you learn to say yes. When you learn to put your pride aside, when you learn that there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. If you need help, if you need support, ask or say yes. I, I, I need, if someone's asking you, offering you say yes. And there is no shame in that. It's still hard for me to this day to um, honor that. Even, you know, if I need something from my husband, hey, could you, it's hard for me to ask for things because I want to do them on my own. I don't need someone always there or to rely or to fall back on. But in, in moments where you know you've reached your threshold, okay, ask for the help, ask for the support. It's going to give you a break to go back into your moments of taking a breath, becoming patient, becoming present again, so you can drop into that surrendered state. So that's a big one. Um, number nine, receiving help and actually saying yes when being asked if you need it. Number 10, becoming a team with your spouse. Okay. In the beginning stages, in the first, first couple of months, there's not much your spouse can do, but at the same time, there's a lot they can do to help you. There's so much little things in the background that they can be helping you with 
because let's face it, a newborn, all they want is mommy and booby. Okay. They're, <laughs> that's it. Mommy and booby. And so dad doesn't really have much that they can offer in that department. Okay. But what they can do for you is keep your, your bottles washed, your breast pump charged. They can bring you coffee. They can make sure that you've eat and they can put the laundry in the dryer. Like there's so many things in the background that otherwise would just be left Okay, and then you're not going to be attended to. So knowing ahead of time what those things are was was key for us. Um, and then you're going to just figure things out along the way and what's going to work for you, what's not going to work for you. Perhaps they can pick up a middle of the night feeding if you're pumping. Perhaps they can do the morning for you so you can sleep in a little bit more. Whatever it is that you know that they could support you on, communicate, communicate. They want to help you. They want to know what they can do for you because they're just sitting there you know, wondering what they can do. They didn't go through the pregnancy. They didn't go through all the hormones. They didn't go through labor and push that baby out or, you know, have a C-section and come out and then your hormones are all out of whack and you have this whole new, they didn't go through any of that in order to become a parent. They, you know, did the dang thing. And then nine, 10 months later, now they're a dad. So invite them into the process and show them how they can be a part Show them what they can do to support you because that's going to make you so much happier and it's going to make you feel more fulfilled and more supported. And um, I would encourage that because otherwise resentment will start to build up. Um, and that was difficult. Um, I went through that a little bit and, and knowing that I'm the one that's going to be up all hours of the night and then eventually have to go back to work. You know, it really does fall all on mom. But then at some point things shift as the baby gets a little older and dad can become more present with the child and start to do more things with them and give you a bit of that time back, okay? Because it's going to be a lot in the beginning, but um, once the dads are able to come more into play, you're going to see them shine and then start to step up to the plate. But there's so much they can do in the background that's going to make you feel like you have a solid teammate. And that's really what my first year has shown me as well is how much of a team you can be with your spouse during parenthood. And I commend all of the single mothers out there. I don't know how you do it. It is extremely difficult. Um, even if you have support, it's hard. Without that support, it's even harder. So I have so much respect and so much love for you. We all experience the hardships in some way, shape, or form together. So you are not alone. Motherhood is an invitation. And I keep repeating that because it is. You make it what you want. If you, you know wanted to look a certain way, then you have to show up for that. You you are the one creating this experience with your child, just as your mother did with you. And if you like that experience, do more of those things. If you didn't like that experience, what would you do different? How would you show up differently? You know, I want my kids to remember me growing up that I that mom always baked in the house. There was always you know, some sort of muffin, cookie, bread, pie, whatever, you know, on a weekly basis. And it was like her thing. She always had, you know, pumpkin bread and banana bread and all these creative things, which I love doing. I love being creative in the kitchen. But I remember my grandma having 
a creative, artistic approach in the kitchen and her baking. And so I wanted to adopt that with my kids. And right now my husband is the beneficiary, but soon my son will grow up and remember those things. So this is your opportunity to create the life for your children that you didn't have or that you did have and that you want them to experience too in some capacity through the way that you're going to show up for them and the way that you're showing up for yourself. It is so healing to be able to provide these experiences and these memories and these moments for my son because many of them I know I didn't have and some of them I did and it's just so rewarding and that's the thing about motherhood. It is 100% what you make it. So make it your own, make it unique, make it fun, even in the moments that are raw and they're hard and your son or your daughter, they're acting up and they're going crazy and cuckoo and wild. That's who they are and they're super active or they're quiet. Just recognize your little one is going to be who they are, not what you want them to be or who you expect them to be. And no matter what, you're there to love them. You're there to guide them, to nurture them, to emphasize more of who they are and to help them um, express what those talents and those gifts are that they've been ingrained with and they've been created with. So, you know, the more you can expose your children to and even yourself to, the more you're going to learn about them and the more you're going to learn about you. So with that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've had some takeaways. I want to know what those takeaways are. Okay. What lessons stood out to you the most in um, my first year of motherhood? I have an entirely new appreciation for mothers. I have an entirely new appreciation for our bodies. I am amazed at how perfect the design is from contraception to pregnancy to delivery to the growth and the development of our children. It is wild to me. It blows my mind, literally, to think that our bodies created these perfect humans and now we get to watch them grow and be the ones there with them along the way. So with that, I hope you have an incredible rest of your day. Share this episode with a gal who you know is a mommy-to-be who is a new mom, who wants to be a mom, who you think would find so much value in just having somebody in their corner that gets it, that's been through it, that's going through it, because at the end of the day, we're not alone. And that's what helps us get through. So with that, have an incredible day, and I'll see you here next week. Thank you so much for joining us on the Elevate Your Life podcast. I hope it gave you exactly what you were looking for. This show brings me so much joy and I'm so happy to have this space for these amazing conversations and guests. To support the show, please rate and review and share it with your loved ones. If you want to be reminded of new episodes, click the subscribe button on your preferred podcast or video player. You can sign up for my newsletter in the show notes below to receive my favorites and updates. Till next week, you guys, find us on Instagram and tag us wherever you are listening at Elevate with Eliana. Sending you so much love and remember, you got this.